0: It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real.
1: Hi, I'm Stacy Farquison and I'm
0: Stacy Tresenkos. Thank you for joining us today on this Thursday of the 31st week in ordinary time. This is the 39th episode of season 2 with the Stacy is Stacy podcast. It's also the memorial of St. Martin de Porres today, so um, St. Martin, pray for us. Yes. We are going to jump into scripture today and Stacy will start us off with the prayer and scripture and after that we're going to finish up in the catechism i kind of went long yesterday i tried to take too much of the catechism today we're gonna go back through sections 91 hopefully through 95 the supernatural sense of faith and growth and understanding of the faith and it will finish up that section on the transmission of divine revelation we've been talking about what dogma is what the magisterium is uh, what those words mean and how we are to grant assent and obedience to those things So we'll pick that up today. All of this, though, like we'd like to talk about scripture and tradition, but in the context of our lived faith today, because we're both mamas and grandmamas and wives and Catholic women uh, trying to navigate a whole bunch of stuff, riding our struggle buses, walking it through all those things we like to say. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a phrase that keeps coming up among um, in, in the Catholic Uh, world today and i'm not sure the origin of this word but it it comes from not giving scandal not leading people to sin but something that says we're not the church of nice Mm -hmm. and we want to take a closer look at that phrase and scandal and the difference between you know i think some people take it if we're not going to be the church of nice then we can be the church of mean (laughs) <laughs> and hit people over the head with the truth and no, examine no. that a little closer today because um, while while you can't say I'm just going to be nice and never have any confrontations and never stand up for the truth, we, it also like there, that doesn't make it easy. You can't just go around shooting off whatever you want to say to people. There is also a very human um, people skills aspect here in our life of faith about knowing how to talk to people in a way that they will receive it. So, we want to dive into that as we finish up our discussion about dogma and the magisterium and granting assent to the truths of faith and also the scripture for today that Stacy is going to share with us now. Thank you, Stacy, for being here and for starting my day off with prayer. <laughs>
1: I appreciate you. Okay, well, let's get started. Oh, let's say our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, hold us close to you and never let us go. Thank you that you never leave us, you never abandon us. Lord, let your scriptures be our chaste delight. Oh, Lord, perfect us and reveal those pages to us. Give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you clearly. Mother Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, um, grab your coffee and your tea, or your tea, or both, if you want both. I'm at Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks this morning because my husband and I
0: are in a hotel in Pittsburgh. And I oh my Starbucks goodness, and <laughs> you're
1: on the road again. <laughs> on the road again. <laughs> okay, okay. i right. to No, no, okay, so, well, today we're going to be in... Philippians. We're back in the book of Philippians. This is the reading for today in chapter 4 and verses 4 through 9. Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again. Rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Then the God of peace will be with you. I love those scriptures. I love that verse. Let us rejoice always in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice, praising him in all things at all times and remembering it is the kindness of God that draws all men to repentance. And as a representative of our father here on earth, our kindness should be known to all. God is near. It says that we shouldn't worry about things, that we shouldn't have any anxiety. Well, all of that, praising him in all things, being kind, not worrying. I was really put to the test this week. The air conditioner in our car went out over the weekend. So this week I had to jump through hoops for two days to get a rental car so I could put it in the shop. It was back and forth. And I felt like I was getting mixed messages and the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. And (laughs) one person was telling me to, to go to the dealership. Someone else was telling me to go to the rental place. And somebody said, well, you need to, um, I'll meet you at the dealership. I'll bring you a car at the dealership. Everybody was telling me something different. And finally I ended up having to get a ride to the, the rental place. But Oh, and the same day that the air conditioner went out in our car, Under the house. air conditioner went out upstairs. Yes. And that was on the tail end of having to replace the air conditioner downstairs Down a couple weeks ago. So, yes. so I'm like, ah, oh, everywhere I go, it's blowing hot air. What's God <laughs> kind of trying to tell you? I know, I know, I know. But anyway, I can't tell you how many times I said this week, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I understand. I was mm-hmm. just biting my tongue left and right. But. So Pat was at home dealing with the air conditioner while I was dealing with the car. And that night when we prayed, Pat started out by praising God like he always does. But he was thanking him that I got a rental car. He was thanking the Lord that the upstairs air conditioner could be fixed and did not have to be replaced. Hallelujah. And for our marriage and just listening to him pray, I was reminded how you can always find something to thank God for and to praise God for. And I just had this peace come over me. I, I really feel like the peace that God gives Pat calms me, but it's the peace that God gives those around us, or it's the peace that God gives us can calm others. Now, it's easy to say, don't be anxious. Uh, don't worry about things. Remember that song years ago, don't worry, be happy now. <laughs> <laughs> that song would get stuck in my head and I would sing it all day. But when it comes to worrying, I I know I've come a long ways, but as a mother, I think I always will. I'm always going to worry about my kiddos. I actually have to say out loud, Lord, I can't, but I know you can. Help me. Give this to you. Help me trust you. I actually have to ask him to help me give it to him. Reminds me of that uh, man in the Bible that says, Lord, I believe that help my unbelief. Even if I say it out loud several times throughout the day, I trust you, Lord. I feel like that's doing the do. That's fighting the good fight of faith. That's standing when I feel like I want to sit down. Not worrying about things is a battle. Fighting for peace can be a battle. But. We can't just lay down and allow the enemy to flood our minds with negativity and bad thoughts. I mean, I know I personally can go down that negative what if trail quicker than most people can. But the point is to fight, fight not to go down that trail. As a matter of fact, this past summer, I was uh, dealing with some health issues. And when it first happened I did what I tell everyone not to do. I Googled. It was terrifying. Google holds nothing back, doesn't sugarcoat anything, throws it all out there. Worst case scenario, right off the bat. I mean, if you didn't know, I'm I'm telling you, Google has no bedside manners. I absolutely went down that trail. And Google and I entertained every negative thought you can imagine. So then I got another bad report. Yes, I know. Back to back. It was like this domino effect. But this time I held back. I did not Google. Uh, Turned out it was negative. Everything was fine. And I was so glad I didn't put myself through all that word, uh, uh, needless worrying, you know. But, and even though I'm still dealing with a few health issues, um, I'm not Googling. I'm not listening to those negative thoughts. I've turned it around. I'm leaning on God. I'm focusing on his word, praying, standing, fighting with God, not against God. And I remember, and I want you guys to remember this, what you focus on grows. Mm -hmm. So if we're not careful when we focus on negative reports, those worst case scenarios, they tend to overshadow the truth of what God says of who God is and what he can do. And that's why we're told to focus on here in the reading today, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious. If there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, these are the things that we're told to think about, to focus on these things. Now, I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about truth over lies, good over bad, love over hate, light over darkness, God over devil, peace over strife. Uh, forgiveness over bitterness, right over wrong. Um, like I said, I, I know it's hard to control our thoughts. It's, it is a battle. But there's a reason that the Bible tells us what to focus on. When we focus on God and who he is and what he says and what he can do, he grows and gets bigger than our Goliaths. And I've said that so many times. But Goliath, we don't want him to outgrow God by focusing on him. I had a very wise man tell me one time that if you go looking for something bad, you will find it. He was basically asking me, what mm-hmm. do you want to find, Stacy?" And yep. think about that because I think we all want the peace of God that passes all understanding to guard yep. our hearts and minds, which is so powerful and ripple creating because when we are walking through something and we have that kind of peace that passes all understanding it leaves people scratching their heads it leaves them wanting what we have it opens the door to share the love of Christ with ever with others so it's not just about us that's the thing it's not just about us the bible tells us it's not about us it is about who god is in us and it's about god working through us to reach others Mother Teresa says a life not lived for others is not a life when we're hurting or going through a tough time. If we're able to still love others in the midst of if we're able to still be at peace in the midst of whatever we're going through. That speaks volumes. That's powerful. So of course the enemy doesn't want us to have that kind of powerful atmosphere changing like we've talked about before. People loving ripple creating effect, that ripple creating peace, which means we have to on purpose strive for and fight for it. Again, it's it's a battle that I've said this one before, but Mother Teresa's quote, um, I, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across waters to create many ripples even walking in peace, having that peace, uh, loving people in the midst of, they create ripples because we don't know who's watching. We don't know the effect it's going to have on people and how that effect is going to be an eternal ripple. Remember, God will keep us in peace when our minds are stayed on him because we trust him. And this is a scripture. I love this scripture. It has a special place in my heart because it was a sword that I used to fight for my son's eyesight when he was young. We were told by the doctor that he was going to lose his eyesight. And I had been studying in Isaiah, and I put this scripture all over the house. I mean, you couldn't open a door front door, back door, cabinet door, refrigerator door. You couldn't turn on a lamp. You couldn't use the bathroom without seeing this verse. I'm telling you, it was everywhere. And I would walk around the house praying this verse, praying for my son and his eyesight. I was battling. Now, I was doing everything the doctor told me to do. And I was also battling in prayer. And I'm telling you, within a few weeks, it turned around. And seriously, he went from could not see in that eye to 2020 vision in that. eye. praise the Lord. Now it was not a one and done battle. We fought many battles as he was getting older, and, but he's a grown man today with his eyesight. So hallelujah. When we keep our minds stayed on God, focused on Jesus, focused on his word, reading the Bible and what he says, we begin to trust him because he reveals himself to us. We start to see who he is and how much he loves us. And that gives us peace. And we begin to rest in that peace that passes understanding. The more we keep our mind, minds on him, the more we get to know him, the more we focus on him, the bigger he gets and the more we begin to trust him. And it is in that trust that we are able to find rest in him. And in that rest, we we have peace. So Paul tells us to imitate Christ as he, imitate him as he imitates Christ. Um, In the reading today, it says, keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And then the God of peace will be with you. Okay, that line right there, that is why I wanted to talk about these scriptures today. This right here, then the God of peace will be with you. Sometimes I think, we read this as the peace of God will be with you. But that's not what it says. It says the God of peace. We are always seeking peace. You know, I'd say all the time when my kids ask me what I want, I always say I want peace. Please give me peace, peace in my families. We want peace and unity within the church. But I took a double take when I read this because sometimes revelations are so simple, we so profound. I have to stop seeking peace. <laughs> Why? Because instead of seeking the peace of God, I need to start seeking the God of peace. The mm-hmm. creator versus the creation, the healer versus the healing, the provider versus the provision. Lord, forgive me for all the times I sought your hands over your heart. When we seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all these other things are added to us. The the things we the provision, the material possessions, the food, the clothing, the healing, things that we Need and even things that we want. God knows what we have need of before we even ask. But he gives us what we need when we seek him first. All these things, all these things that we need, all the things we go to prayer and ask him, making our petitions known to him. They should be in addition to, but should never be in place of our father. Mm -hmm. So again, Let us rejoice always in the God of peace. Again, I say rejoice.
0: Thank you for those reminders, Stacey. Um, We all get there and sometimes we don't handle things as well. I think it's beautiful that you and Pat pray together every night and that you you get your peace from him, that that he has that impact on you. I love that. While we're in a place of peace now, (laughs) let's turn. (laughs) <laughs> let's learn to the catechism and see what you i'm going to try to go fast enough to cover it um just because I, I i really love dogma like that was what i specialized in i guess you could say with my master's degree dogmatic theology because i love the dogma i love how the church articulates the truth in such a clear way and um, contrary to what I originally thought, the church doesn't give us a, li- a checklist of things we have to do to be a good Catholic. It says you have to grant assent to the truths of the faith. And here they are. Now you have to go apply these as you live out your life. And that's when it gets hard. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you're, like you're saying, Stacey. Yeah. And, and I love that you put scripture all over the house. Um, <laughs> right? Everybody pray with you. That's right. Um, it's It's beautiful, but, but there's, and that's kind of what Stacy and I are all about. Like we want to talk about because because I, it's not enough just to know intellectually w- what the truths of faith are and what the church teaches. Um, and you do need to know that, but then you got to apply it. And, and to me, that's where the hard work comes in. Um, so I want to finish up this section. We're sec- we're going to go through ninety-one through ninety-five, real quick now to finish up chapter two, under part one, the professor of. Pres- profession of faith, not the professor, the profession (laughs) under chapter two, God comes to meet man. So we're, we're finishing up what divine revelation is all about. So we were talking about dogmas yesterday in 88 through 90. I think that's my favorite part of the whole catechism, which is why I went long. The supernatural sense of faith, uh, the last few words here in this chapter All the faithful share in understanding and handing on revealed truth. They have received the anointing of the Holy Spirit who instructs them and guides them in all truth. The whole body of the faithful cannot err in matters of belief. This characteristic is shown in the supernatural appreciation of faith on the part of the whole people. When from the bishops to the last of the faithful, they manifest a universal consent in matters of faith and morals. Okay, so we read that yesterday. I just want to back up a little bit. We're talking about all the people professing the same thing. Now, if you know anything about being Catholic, all the people don't always agree on everything. Yeah. There are plenty of people who are not happy with bishops, and there are bishops who are not happy with people. And some people think Pope Francis is against them, and some people um, take too much liberty on another side. Like there, it's a it's a big body, and there is some discord. And I honestly hate to see that. Like sometimes I think there's discord because people just they they want to shove their opinion down your throat instead of recognizing that there are lots of things Catholics can disagree on. We can't disagree on the basics, but um, how how to live those out, we we might have some disagreements on, like when do you speak to your son about X, y, or Z? When do you hold your tongue? When do you, you know, because i've I've been that person where I just go flying at people with the truth. And then I read some people skills books about how you don't beat people over the head with the truth. You've got to to think about the way it's being received. Anyway, the last part, section 94 and 95, reminds us that the Holy Spirit is always there in the church. Thanks to the assistance of the Holy Spirit, the understanding of both the realities and the words of the heritage of faith, is able to grow in the life of the church in three ways through the contemplation and study of believers who ponder these things in their hearts, like we're doing. It is in particular theological research, which deepens knowledge of the revealed truth. So we are supposed to contemplate these truths and think about how we apply them in our lives. The second one from the intimate sense of spiritual realities, which believers experience the sacred scriptures grow with the one who reads them, that's what mm-hmm. Stacy talks about every day. This intimate sense of spiritual realities as we ponder the scriptures, and the third one from the preaching of those who have received, along with their right of succession in the episcopate, the sure charism of truth. So, it's talking about our priests. Um, they have an intimate sense of the spiritual realities. I mean, they're the ones that that hold Christ when they during the consecration at the mass. You know, I go back to what you said once, Stacy. we have to trust God in his church. Yes. We have to trust God at work in people and use some of these people skills to know when to speak up and when to hold our tongue, when to pray, when to go along. And I'm not saying go along with sin. I'm saying walk along with that person and help them get to the truth. Um, so it's, it's hard work. It is hard work. Last part, it is clear, therefore, that in the supremely wise arrangement of God, sacred tradition, sacred scripture, and the magisterium of the church are so connected and associated that one of them cannot stand without the others. Working Mm -hmm. together each in its own way under the action of the one Holy Spirit, they all contribute effectively to the salvation of souls. And like so that. what does that mean to little old us out here reading the catechism, being obedient to the Pope, the bishops, our priests? Maybe we don't agree with everything they do. Maybe we don't agree with what some of the leaders in the church do. How do we live that out? Well, the first thing, and we're not gonna we're not gonna cover people's skills in totality in our little podcast here, but the first thing you got to get your head around is that we have to trust God at work in the church. The Holy Spirit is there. Mm -hmm. And if you think someone's doing something wrong, um, if you know someone's doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. and and it's on your heart to do something about it, you first need to pray about how. Yeah, How do you go about confronting that person? How do you go about showing that person love? And there's a phrase that... Absolutely drives me nuts because I don't understand what it means. So this is just from Stacey Tresenkos' perspective. Take it or leave it. But I don't even know where this phrase came from. I mean, if I Google it, I can find articles written about it going back to like 2013. So I'm not quite sure where it came from. But it's this phrase, the Church of Nice. (laughs) N-I-C-E. People like to say... This is the context I hear it in. We're not the church of nice. And by that, they mean you need to walk up and confront people and tell them the truth, even if even if it hurts, even if the truth is hard to hear. You need to tell them the truth. And the first time I heard that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not being a very good Catholic because because I don't walk up and start yelling at people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not being a very good Catholic because I don't walk up to someone who's sinning and start yelling at them. Oh and, and so for a while I, I tried to be that person. It's not the church of nice. You need to hear the truth and you need to hear it right now for the sake of your salvation. You are immortal sin and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know what? You know what? That, that part of that version of Stacy was very short lived. Do you want to yes. know why? Because all I did was start fights and I didn't, um, I mean, I'm not saying I walked up to strangers on the street or anything, but, but <laughs> in my own home. Like with my kids There were times where I wasn't a very loving mother because, dang it, I was just going to tell them what the church teaches and everybody be damned if you don't go along with it and get it. I thought that was my duty. It is our duty to teach our children the truth. But it's also our duty with everybody, our friends, our family, our children, our spouses, to think about how you're going to deliver that truth so that they hear it. And so I, I don't like that. Can we please stop saying We're not the church of nice. Like, can we stop saying that please? Because I I don't think that's helpful. It's talking about don't give scandal. Um, There are nine ways of assisting in another sin by counsel, by command, by consent, by provocation, by praise or flattery, by concealment, by partaking, by silence, by defense of the ill done. That's in the catechism. 2284. We'll be there in like 10 years on the podcast. (laughs) But um, but it's way ahead of where we are right now. And, and so what they're saying here, like, for example, in an extreme example, if there's someone who is living in sin, maybe sexually, maybe they're having sex outside of marriage, um, and you say to them, it's okay what you're doing. Uh, you just do what you need to do. And, and if you like actually tell them it's okay and there's nothing wrong with it, that would be scandal. Yeah. Because you're praising them, you're 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 giving them counsel to keep doing what they're that would be scandal. But but neither there there is and this also comes from St. Thomas Aquinas. He talks about scandal and he says in um we'll put links to this, but he says when where he's talking about the virtue of charity, he's saying scandal is a sin and he calls scandal something less rightly done or said that occasions another spiritual downfall so you can give scandal. so so if you say well we're not the church of nice i'm going to tell you the truth because you need to hear it i'm going to be harsh and gruff and i'm just going to tell it to you and if you don't like it so what we're not the church of nice that actually itself fits the definition of scandal Mm -hmm. because you're contributing to another spiritual downfall Mm -hmm. so so sorry guys you don't you there's no easy way out here that's what we're saying. You you can't just go pushing people with the truth and hurting them on purpose. You have an obligation to think about how you deliver the truth, but neither can you ignore the truth and not confront people when God tells you to go and confront them. So the other applicable thing here is discord. Discord is up at question 37, whereas scandal is down at question 43, in the second part of the second part of the Summa Theologia, where we're talking about virtues, discord is discord and scandal are both sins against charity. And discord, th- and this is what gets me, I don't like the discord. I just picture Mother Mary with her head in her hand saying, why can't my children get along? Because sometimes people think they're, they're appointed to be the one in charge of fixing everything and everybody else. And, and what we're supposed to do is fix what's in us first. But discord is opposed to concord thank you very much saint thomas aquinas that's very <laughs> discord as opposed to concord concord results from charity in as much as charity directs many hearts together to one thing and that's what the catechism was saying yesterday unity Inasmuch as charity directs many hearts together to one thing which is chiefly the divine good secondarily the good of our neighbor Wherefore, discord is a sin insofar as it is opposed to this concord. So the catechism was talking about that yesterday in the in the dogmas and granting assent to the magisterium. It's not our job to go out there and say, we're not the church of nice. We're just going to tell you the gruff truth because you can cross the line. You know, it's like a horseshoe. Both of the ends come together. Mm-hmm. Both extremes um, meet in the same place. The hard work is in the middle. So um, I just want to leave you with that thought today. Uh, could we please stop saying church of nice? Cause I think it's misleading. Could we maybe talk about being the church of good? Because <laughs> that is the point of practicing virtue is to be happy, to find true happiness, to find the true good, which is God. Um, and, and true happiness is, is God in you Christ in you grace getting to heaven for all eternity. So, um, I I would like to change church of nice to church of good if I could. (laughs) I think
1: that's good. (laughs) 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 But you know what, Stacy, you said Mm -hmm. something when God tells you. And I think that was key because if we try to go and straighten someone out in and of our own selves, you know, Mm -hmm. then we're not doing it with the Lord. We, We do need to listen. We need to follow him. And, you know, I always think about people don't care what, you know, till you know, till they know that you care. And that's why I think it's we just don't run up and start beating someone up with the truth. It says to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. When God tells you to do it, he will prepare a place, an atmosphere. He will prepare their hearts to receive what you have to say. We just need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yes. And trust that the Holy Spirit's there. The Holy Spirit is not leaving the church. Okay. I think we made that point. <laughs> Have a great day and we will see you tomorrow, Friday. Um, pray for us tonight. My husband, Jose, and I are giving a talk here in Pittsburgh on fetal tissue research and um, it's a delight to be speaking with him. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Stacey Tresenkos. And I'm
1: Stacey Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see Stacyandstacy.site for more information.